Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. I am grateful to be with you today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and this is Self-Brain Surgery. This is the Dr. Lee Warren Podcast. We're going to help you change your mind and change your life. We are going to go back and talk about a couple of things from day before yesterday. After I recorded the um, episode from Monday, Mind Change Monday, about Psalm 73, showed you an example of Asaph doing self-brain surgery in the Bible, and Psalm 73 was all about this time in the past when he remembered a way that he had been feeling. He'd been spending some time caught in the comparison trap and feeling and thinking about how other people seemed to prosper even though they weren't doing the right things and how society seemed to reward and honor uh, people who were you know, not good people, and he was frustrated. And he was remembering this in past tense, and he said, my feet almost slipped, like this thought process almost messed me up. And if I had said those things aloud, man, I would have been dishonored God. I would have led other people astray. I would have been a bad influence. I would have really wrecked my own testimony. And he remembered that that time in the past that he was thinking about was a trap that he almost fell into that would have really caused him trouble with his witness, with his spiritual journey, with his holiness, with his relationship with God and with other people. And he was grateful that at that time in the past that he had worked himself out of that thought process by remembering who God is, by flexing the muscle of hope, the memory and movement. And today I just want to give you a little, a quick little thought uh, that's going to tie Psalm 73 and Psalm 77 together. If you've read my new book, Hope is the First Dose, I talk about Asaph and Psalm 77, which is one of the first times I recognized somebody doing self-brain surgery in the Bible. It's a great lesson for us. And I just want to give you one little tie together of how Psalm 73 and 77 show the power over time of learning new synapses, creating new synapses to help you remember and move towards hope and remain faithful even when things seem hard because you can change your mind and you can change your life. And the good news is, as Lisa's getting ready to tell us, you can start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Let's do get after it. So Psalm 77, one of my favorite psalms in the whole Bible. And I'm going to get you there in just a second over in Psalm 77. But first, I want to go back to 73 and what we talked about just a couple of days ago. Remember how Asaph, okay, Asaph was remembering this time in the past. And if you didn't listen to it, please go back to Monday. Listen to Mind Change Monday. And here's what Asaph said. Verse 2, 
Actually, let's let's talk about verse 1. He starts with this, with telling himself a truth. Now, in my new book, Hope is the First Dose, I tell you about a guy named Lucky Chuck. And Lucky Chuck taught me a lesson that I called prehab in the book, in the treatment plan, the three-part treatment plan of how you can prepare yourself for the massive things that come along and how you can navigate them so that you can find hope no matter how dark and hard things get. And you can build yourself a new system in your brain that will teach you to be ready and to engage and, and get back on your feet faster when life knocks you down again. Okay, So in that prehab process that I learned from Lucky Chuck, we see it right here in Psalm 73. The first thing Asaph says, he's getting ready to tell a story about some trouble he had in the past with his brain with the way he was thinking about his circumstances, okay? And that's really what gets us always in trouble. We start thinking and feeling about our circumstances, and then we start feeling more than we're thinking, and then we start ruminating on the feelings, and then we make new thoughts out of the feelings that aren't usually true. And those thoughts lead us to bad reactions to the circumstances that we're having. And so Asaph starts off here with something Lucky Chuck taught me. Make some decisions, friend, about what you believe and remind yourself. Preach it to yourself all the time. Constantly remind yourself. Read good books. Listen to good music. Spend time in prayer. Talk to good account- to, to good people who can help you be accountable to what you're thinking about. And keep yourself in a state of mind to say, hey, I know TMT is coming. I know these massive things are going to happen. And if you're new around here, by the way, sometimes I say TMT. That's what Lisa and I call the massive thing. These big traumas and tragedies, these big emotional events, these big losses, and sometimes failure to achieve things, loss of a dream, all these things that happen in our lives that really hurt us. And these TMTs can knock us off our feet if we're not ready and we can become hopeless. And so having a treatment plan in place is like like carrying an EpiPen in your purse in case you have an allergic reaction or learning CPR or learning how to change a tire if there's a problem is going to help you navigate these times when things get hard. So right here in verse 1, Asaph gives us a good example. He tells himself a truth here. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Surely God is good. Remind yourself, friend, surely God is good. God is good. He's faithful. He's been there before when you've had trouble. He'll be there again. Remember stories from the past. He he got Anne Frank through the war. He got... Um, the Israelites out of the desert, he's, he's, he's done miracles. He's made a way in the past. There's always a, a time to go back and see that God is good. And then he says, okay, but as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold for I envied the arrogant. So he tells that story in Psalm 73. I want you to go back to two days ago, Mind Change Monday, and listen to that. And just remember that what Asaph did here is he went back in time, not because there's an old beach that he can walk down, but because he wanted to remind himself of a lesson that he had previously learned. He doesn't spend time in shame here. He spends time in gratitude that in this time in the past, he somehow managed not to let his mouth talk out of his feelings. Let me say that again. He was learning not to let his mouth talk out of his feelings. How often would that help us in our life if we learned how not to let our mouth speak out of our feelings, okay? This is why we need to develop the practice of the bad thought biopsy. You have a thought that's based on a feeling, that's based on a circumstance, that's based on an interaction with somebody else, and what do we do? We speak out of the feeling before we think about the thought. I'm just here to tell you, friend, after looking back on my life for 54 years, some of the things I regret the most are times when I spoke out of feelings, and not out of thinking about my feelings first. 
because feelings aren't facts. <laughs> feelings are chemical events in your brain. Sometimes feelings point towards facts. Sometimes they point away from the truth, actually, though. And you got to be careful when you start speaking out of your feelings. There's a, a show that we watch sometimes on TV called Blue Bloods. And the, the main character is, is uh, played by Tom Selleck. It's Frank Reagan. He's the police commissioner of New York City. And they have a saying about Reagan that he always has an angle. Like he always does the right thing or what he thinks is the right thing. But he's always got an angle. Like he's always thinking three or four moves ahead. Like he's, he's playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. And I want you to think about that for just a second, about this idea of having an angle. And what that means really is not that he's manipulative. It means that he thinks ahead. He looks at every situation and does what we call game theory on it. If you, if you think like a chess player, you're not going to think about the thing that's right in front of you right now you're going to think about well if i do this they're going to do that and then i'm going to have to do this and then they're going to do that and then i'm going to do this and you start thinking ahead how do i win the game how do i get to a better place how do i accomplish my task being a good person or serving god well or stewarding my family or navigating this massive thing how do i do that and and in order to succeed there we can't just be in react mode all the time we've got to get into proactive thinking ahead mode and that's what Asaph does here. He's, he's using the fact that in this past time, he nearly messed up. And he's recognizing in retrospect that, boy, he had a close call there. That by being all caught up in his feelings, he nearly slipped. He almost led the people astray that he was responsible for. And he really almost messed up. He didn't game it out. He, he managed it that time. But now, down in Psalm 77, he's thinking again. He's telling us more in real time about another situation that's happened. And I would just submit to you that the reason he handles Psalm 77 as well as he does is because of Psalm 73 and the chapters in between and the fact that he is practicing the art of self-brain surgery. Okay? There's a book that I'm reading. Jeffrey Schwartz wrote this incredible book called The Mind and the Brain. I'm reading one of his older books now, You Are Not Your Brain. Because learning how to understand that you're not stuck with the brain that you have. Just because you got something from your parents, just because you think a certain way at baseline, doesn't mean you can't change it. And he said something about habits and patterns of behavior that I think we need to hear. We, we tend to revert to past patterns when we're trying to make a change. We, we say we're going to stop drinking and we find ourselves the next morning with a headache again. We say we're not going to eat that bag of Cheetos. And by the way, after I mentioned my uh, struggle with Cheetos in my new book, um, lots of people have mailed me bags of Cheetos. <laughs> I appreciate it. I think people are saying, hey, I read the book. Here's some bag of Cheetos just so you know I'm thinking about you. And it's amazing. But please, I've got enough Cheetos for the rest of my life. I, I don't need to eat them, okay? <laughs> I really appreciate it. But reverting to past patterns, Schwartz says, when you're trying to make a change is this. Here's something you need to hear about this. The more often you act in these unhealthy ways, and that can be thinking, it can be behavior, it can be addictions, it can be anything. The more often you act in these unhealthy ways, the more you teach your brain that what is simply a habit is essential to your survival. Hear that again. The more you react in a certain way, the more you're teaching your brain, and what that means is you're making synapses that are going to automate this behavior and make it more likely to occur next time without you having to think about it. The more often you act in an unhealthy way, the more you're teaching your brain that what is simply a habit is actually essential to your survival. 
That's why you start thinking that you have to have that drink in order to get a good night's sleep. That's why you start thinking that you've got to have this particular person text you or you can't go to, you can't clear your brain. This is why you think that you've got to buy that thing on Amazon or you can't relax. This is why you think that you need that bag of Cheetos. It's because you've taught your brain that that habit is actually necessary for your survival when it in fact is not. Because here's the punchline. Schwartz says it well. Your brain can't distinguish between whether the action is beneficial or destructive. It just responds to how you behave, and then it generates strong impulses, thoughts, desires, cravings, and urges that compel you to perpetuate that behavior. I'll read it one more time. Your brain doesn't distinguish whether the action is beneficial or destructive. It just responds to how you behave. And then it generates strong impulses, thoughts, desires, cravings, and urges that compel you to perpetuate your habit, whatever it may be. Unfortunately, more often than not, these behaviors are not ones that improve your life. Friend, the bad news is your brain, your life is a complete compilation of the thoughts, feelings, experiences, and decisions that you've made up to this point in your life. That's the bad news. But the good news is your brain is the compendium of the thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and experiences you've made this far in your life, and you can change it. Remember the other day we said, you can't, what got you here won't get you there. It's all in August, okay? And you're at this place in your life when you've decided that you need to make some changes and you're not going to get to the new place if you stay in the old place. If you're not going to get to the new habit if you keep the old habit. And Asaph teaches us the way here. Boy, I nearly messed up that time. I was thinking about how bad it made me feel when other people succeed and and bad people will succeed and and people who aren't living a godly life do well and the politician that I don't like won and this thing happened and that thing happened and those guys seem to always have the sunshine on and I've always got the rain. And I almost said it out loud. And I almost led people astray. And I almost dishonored God. But thank God that I didn't. And he went to the sanctuary and he worshiped and he, and he preached his way out of that thought process. He talked to himself with true thoughts and not just feelings. Right? Now look at Psalm 77. This is real time again. And we're going to see a guy who is a seasoned self-brain surgeon now. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. I would not be comforted. He can't sleep. He's focused on his thoughts. He can't stop hearing them. And he's focused on his thoughts so much that he can't sleep. And he's begging God. I cried out to God for help. I remembered you, God. And I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days. And I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject us forever? Will he never show his favor again? You see what he's doing? He can't sleep. He's worried about something and he starts laying it off on God. Is God just never going to come and help me with this? Is he just going to reject me forever? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? That's what happens in your brain when you start focusing on your feelings and your emotions. You start blaming God for the way that you feel. You start laying the blame at other people's feet and sometimes even at God's. 
Has God forgotten to be merciful? He says in, in verse 9, has he in anger withheld his compassion? Now, here's the switch, okay? He starts to go on down this rabbit hole. And then he remembers, wait a minute, I've, I've done self-brain surgery before. Wait a minute, I know who my God is. Verse 10, then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty mighty deeds. He's remembering, and now he's going to move. He's going to preach first to himself. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as your God, as our God. You're the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people with your mighty arm. You redeem your people. The descendants of Jacob and Joseph, the waters saw you. He, he goes on and on and on. He remembers good things that God has done in the past, and he works himself out of the hole. Why? Because he's learned self-transfer. He recognizes in times past that his feelings almost got him in trouble. And the way to get out of them was to go to the sanctuary and do prehab and do self-brain surgery and get around better people, get around people who are saying better things, who aren't focused on their feelings all the time, and find a way to change his mind. And that's what he's done. Dr. Phil, famously, the psychiatrist that used to be on TV, I don't know what he's doing these days, but he always had this thing. He would listen to somebody recount the way that they're handling their problems and the way that they're going through their stuff, and he would say, how's that working for you? How's it working for you? This thing that you're telling me that you're doing, how's it working for you? And if it's not working, you need to change it. I had a a great conversation on the Theology and the Raw podcast recently with Preston Sprinkle. And at the end of that conversation, you should go listen to it. I'll put a link in the show notes. At the end of the conversation, I said, you need to evaluate and understand your trauma response. Everybody has a trauma grief response. Everybody has a way that we respond to feelings and circumstances. Everybody has a way we respond when we get a text message from somebody that sets us off. We all has a way. So it's important, though, if if you don't feel like your life is working the way you want it to work, evaluate your own response and decide if it's serving you well. How's it working for you? Sometimes we choose comfort measures, but we never choose the the one. We never actually look at those comfort measures and see if they're serving us well. We never choose comfort measures with the aim of actually making ourselves better. Okay, when we have a patient that's on uh, end of life, kind of the, the right at the end of their life and they're suffering, we sometimes decide to put them on a status that we call comfort measures or hospice, where what we're doing is is just covering up the pain. We're covering up the feelings, the, the, the body systems that are shutting down. We're just giving them medication so they don't hurt anymore. But we don't choose comfort measures to try to make them well. We choose comfort measures to try to make them not feel what their body actually is feeling. This is a crucial point, friend. If your life, if you're giving yourself comfort measures, alcohol, gambling, sex, addiction, shopping, television, numbing behaviors, whatever it is, if you're doing that instead of actually digging in and solving the real problem, doing the brain surgery, identifying the problem, biasing the thought, doing what ASAP did, recognizing, thinking about times in the past when you nearly messed up or you did mess up and how you can learn from that and what got you here won't get you there and you're doing all that stuff. If you're choosing comfort measures instead, you will not get better. You might feel better in the moment, but you won't get better. You need to love tomorrow more. You need to love the idea of actually getting well, becoming healthier and feeling better and being happier because what got you here won't get you there. 
Is your system of response to your thoughts, feelings, circumstances, and behaviors, is it serving you well? The good news is, no matter how desperate or lost or hurt you feel, you can see and take heart in the fact that other people in similar situations have gotten better. So you can get there from here, and that's the definition of hope. Hope is the belief you can get there from here. That's why, like Asaph, like David, like the Lamenter, like your friend Lee Warren, you can find hope. Hope is always achievable. But you've got to ask the question, is it serving me well? Is the way that I've been handling this serving me well? You need to have an angle. You need to game it out. If I respond this way, what's it going to do to me tomorrow? Because I've done it before, and what got me here won't get me there. And if I want to be in a different place, I've got to change the things that I did that got me to this place, right? Game it out. Have an angle. Ask yourself, is it serving you well? Biopsy the thought. Remember the past. Analyze the situation. Interrupt the thought process. Switch feelings for thinking. Stop feeling and start thinking, my friend, and you will have a transformed brand new mind, and you can change your mind, and you can change your life. And the really, really super good news is you can start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.